Welcome to the Unapologetic Man Podcast. The only podcast that's all about self-improvement, confidence, success, women, and being a man without making any apologies for it. What is up, guys? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the UMP. I really do appreciate it. And today, I have an interview with a man who has the strongest frame I've ever seen created in a man who had zero frame when he first started out. So I'm interviewing one of my clients. His name is Jeremy. And Jeremy went through the three-month coaching program that I occasionally offer to clients who hire me for the first-time coaching session. So as many of you know, I am an NLP dating coach, which basically means I use neuro-linguistic programming to reprogram the negative programming in your heads to make you more attractive to women. Because oftentimes, we have bad belief systems about women, we have negative thoughts about women, bad schemas, and that's translated in our body language, our tonality, and how we react and interact with women, and they don't get attracted to us because of it. So what I do is I get on the phone with you during that first session, reprogram your brain, and if you and I really hit it off, if you seem like a good fit for the three-month coaching program, and if you're fully committed to getting the kind of results that I'd love to give you, then I sometimes invite clients to join the brotherhood, the three-month coaching brotherhood, and Jeremy was one of those guys, and he got absolutely phenomenal results. So rather than this just being some advertisement for my coaching program, what I really wanted to do was take some of Jeremy's biggest aha moments and turn them into lessons for you guys. So you know I always try to give the best value possible in these podcasts, and I'm not gonna just do a 30-minute plug about my coaching, but instead I really wanna take his realizations and make them into your realizations. We talk a lot about frame control, which many of you know is my favorite thing about seducing women, but we also talk about how when you start learning this stuff, it starts manifesting in your conversations with women And you go from conscious application, which means focusing on everything that you're doing, to what I call unconscious flow, which is the flow state that Jeremy reached. And now he's getting, as you know I like to say, more ass than a toilet seat. So I want to try to take out of this conversation a few nuggets of wisdom that you can take away and start applying them to your own life with women and get better results. And as I say in the interview, look, I'm not trying to convince you to come get coaching with me. Do what you want, brother. I want it to feel right for you. I want you to feel like you trust me and that you and I are homies before you even think about pulling the trigger on it. But you know what? If you have been thinking about it and you wonder what the coaching program is like, have a listen. It will explain some of the stuff. But more importantly, I want you to walk away with this better with women, better as a man, better as an alpha, silverback, unapologetic man. That is the goal. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the interview. What is up, Jeremy? How you doing today, brother? Man, life is good, Mark. Could not be better. Awesome. So I wanted to invite you on today because like many of my clients, you had unprecedented success with the coaching program. And um, I wanted to talk a little bit about First of all, what you were like before you went through the coaching program, some of your biggest aha moments in the coaching program, and also a little bit about frame control because you, uh, more, more especially than some of my other clients, you got a really strong frame in this thing. And there was lots of examples of you, you know, using the frame control that I taught you on women in field. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. So 
to kick us off, why don't you tell me a little bit about what it was like before you decided to work on yourself in this way? What were your experiences? What would be your typical results when you were trying to get women? Well, so I was in a weird situation, Mark. Um, and I know we talked about it a little bit when I was starting the program, but I had just gotten out of a 10 year relationship. I'd been with the same woman for 10 years. Prior to that, I was in college. Uh, I was a frat boy that worked at a gym. So my goodness, I was exposed to thousands of gorgeous women all the time. <laughs> but you know, even with those kind of numbers, I had mediocre success because I never really had a clue what I was doing. I would just fumble around until some hot girl noticed me and then, okay, she's hot. She's paying attention to me. Here we go. Uh, so there was no, there was no selection on my end. It was just blindly fumbling through space until a hot girl noticed me. Then fast forward 10 years later, and now I'm 38 and I haven't dated in a decade. And I've just finished working through and unpacking and trying to clean up the way that I was approaching being back in the single game. And, and it just kind of dawned on me, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I have no idea how to do this, especially since I've been out of practice for such a long time. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I looked at Marnie's program um, and, and started taking some of her modules and that referred me to an NLP protocol, which led me to you. Right, right. I remember, I remember our first call. I think we, we worked on something like I'm not enough or, um, you know, I'm not good enough for a highly attractive woman. And then as happens with some clients, we hit it off and you decided to move forward with a three-month coaching program. So in that program, before you got started, you know, were you dating any girls at all? And, and if so, where were you typically meeting them? A little bit, and it was typically a tender thing. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I definitely wasn't approaching any women. It, it was online or really nothing. And the matches that I was getting on Tinder at the time were not ideal. So yeah. just a yeah. few dates, nothing going well. Yeah. And, and what do you think your biggest issue was? Did you, was it the lack of interesting things to talk about, which happens to many men? your lack of frame control, don't know where to lead them, don't know how to lead them. What was kind of the biggest sticking point, if not maybe all those things? Well, I think for me, one, I had a big problem with the scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. And so it was trying to pay attention to, or it was trying to accept that I can be the selector, I can choose instead of just blindly trying to find women. Uh, I had a little bit of a hang up to, well, pretty big hang up actually, uh, thinking that women in my age bracket typically aren't very hot. So I was going to have to settle for a less than attractive partner if I wanted one at all. Yeah. And then I did have a pretty big thing going on in my head that I didn't know how to run any form of game, as you'd call it. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think those things stack together and, and I was just feeling kind of bleak about the whole situation. Yeah. Yeah. And how old are you again? You're 38. Is that what it was? Yeah. I'm 38. Yes. Yeah. And, and now you're dating girls in their twenties. Is that correct? Yeah. The range right now is 27 to 35. Yeah. You know, dude, 20, right 28 in, is kind of my sweet spot because it's like, they're still hot, but they have mentally developed enough where you can actually talk to the chick. Like, yeah, I'll go out a lot and I'll talk to 21 year olds 
and I'll get them attracted to me even though I'm turning 44 in two months. And, and that's no issue. It's just, Jesus, man, it's like talking to a child. Have you had some interactions with those, those youngins? Like anything under 25, it's like, oh my hell, this is like a, a little girl, seriously. Yeah, that's, that's my thing, man. Regardless of the age, if, if the conversation's just going nowhere and it's completely stupid, that's a deal breaker. I'm out. Yeah. And I just find that once I get anything younger than 25, the odds of the conversation being miserable and boring, you know, that the odds go way up. I mean, yeah. you know, they, they might be a lot cuter, but if I can't talk to them, I'm going to get bored pretty quick. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you join the program. Uh, we start kind of changing that mindset and this is, this is what I want guys to hear too. You know, even if you don't choose to do coaching with me guys, you know, that's not really the purpose of this. The purpose is to show you, look, Jeremy was in a relationship for 10 years when he was younger, he would just fall ass backwards into girls because he was in a situation where there was a continuous stream of women coming into his life. So really the dude had very little understanding of what it was to get girls to, for all intents and purposes, going through the three months program and becoming a girl magnet. Now, what can you do if you don't sign up for coaching to replicate those results? Well, first and foremost, like he said, you have to have that abundance mindset. You have to have a selector mindset. I'm the selector. She's the one submitting the application. I'm the one hiring. I'm not trying to apply for her job, but it's the other way around. And also, Jeremy, for you specifically, and I want to get into this a little bit in depth on this, on this recording, is frame control. And I remember, brother, like you were doing, the cool thing, guys, is a lot of guys will start the coaching programs three months. By week seven, it's like a different dude. And Jeremy, you can attest to this. You, we're just like watching dudes go through puberty. It's freaking weird. But you especially, I was just watching you week by week by week. And your body language was changing. You, the way you talk was changing. Your experiences with girls were just changing. And because of that is in addition to the tactical things that I teach you guys, how to talk to girls, how to get them attracted to you, cold reading, push pull, all that stuff. The really cool thing about the training is that there's a 12-week custom NLP protocol on top of it. So while Jeremy's going through the process, he's doing the NLP processes, we're reprogramming his brain. And then just, Jeremy, I remember, bro, like on the coaching calls, one day you just had your legs open, like all like, you're just sitting there on the Zoom call and your legs are flapped open, your arms are behind your head. And I'm like, what happened to this guy, man? Look at this body language over here. So there was a big transformation and I'd love to hear about kind of your biggest aha moment, specifically when it came to frame control. What was it that you just, you didn't understand before that it just kind of clicked in your head and then everything changed for you? Yeah. So the concept of frame control, a lot of the discussions and the material from the program talk about studying it everywhere around us. And I work in a pretty intense corporate environment there's a lot of vying for power and control and things like that mm. and so between work between basically my homework from the program and the things that i was doing every week uh, and just observing in nature you know in in the bookstore in the coffee shop and uh, a club or wherever i'm at i just started watching frame control everywhere and watching the person with the frame having the power. And then I started using it work. And I mean, I'm on a senior management team. So there's, there's a lot of alpha personalities in the room. 
And so just by embracing the concept of frame control, man, I've gotten a lot of stuff done with that already. It's, it's wildly powerful stuff. Mm. So once I realized that it's useful everywhere, I just really kind of hyper-focused on it. I was like, yeah, I, I need more of that. Yeah. And then I need more after I get some more. Yeah, yeah. There, there's like not yeah. enough, dude. And, and the cool thing about frame control is it, it's like when you have it, people can't even really tell you have it and you don't have to push it on people. You're like the unmovable object, right? You're completely imperturbable. Nobody can get under your skin. And then suddenly when you act that way, everybody is reacting to you. Everybody's looking to you. And you'll see it even in a corporate environment where the person who has the power, when somebody tells a joke and everybody's laughing, the person who has the power, everybody will look at that guy who has the power. So if, mm-hmm. if you're in a social situation and somebody else says a joke and everybody starts laughing, if people start looking at you, it's confirmation that you have the power and that's, that's something that you've been experiencing. So another thing I want to talk about is, bro, you were working, what was it, 70 hours a week because you had, because of COVID, I think, or, or something, you had all these projects going on, yet you still were able to do the work, which is a testament that you don't have to freaking spend 40 hours a week on this when you do the program, you commit probably three to five hours a week, but let's talk about some of the results you got with women. So you understand the frame control, you understand what to talk about. And for you, especially, man, it was like unlocking the natural who was born a natural who didn't know it. It's kind of like Superman who didn't know he had the powers, right? And a lot of guys are like this. They think that they don't know, but really they know. And you were one of those dudes. And it was like, when I would do the lessons with you, you would have these aha moments like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And then the next week you'd be like, oh yeah, bro, I smashed <laughs> I smashed this girl four times in a row. Um, talk to me a little bit about you know what it was, what the shift was that allowed you to get abundance of women in your life. Were you cold approaching? Did you get on more dating platforms? How did you do this when you were working 70 hours a week? So I've actually scaled back the dating platforms. I was on six, but it was too much. So now I'm, I'm down to just three and it's still a steady flow. Um, cold approach, you know, I get pretty decent results. I'm going to run through some of the chapters in the program a little bit more and a few more times and, and try to get a little more solid on cold approach. But I do get some numbers. You know, I have some success there too. It's really just being steady and consistent. I mean, I've got talking to five right now and <laughs> and that's the ones that I'm actually seeing and going on hangouts with. And then there's a few more in the hopper that I'm just chatting with that would like to go out, but I'm just not pulling the trigger yet because five is enough and I'm tired. I don't have enough time for it. Uh, this is a great problem to have. So yeah, it's just consistently doing the work. And I think the biggest thing that happened in my mind, though, was that scarcity mentality completely went away. Mm. And when that disappeared, I just stopped caring about the rejection. I just I don't care about the rejection at all. Now I can feel that I don't care. Like (laughs) if if a girl gets butthurt about something and blows me out. okay, that's cool. Now I have a, a free spot in the carousel. So let's bring the next one up from the minors and give her a shot at the big leagues. That's fine. You know, no big deal. 
so uh, it's, uh, I think one of the responses uh, we were talking about like texting game. And if a girl does something you don't like or flakes on you, you just type back. Okay. And just let it go. Mm. Yeah. I mean, when I first did that, it didn't feel right. Cause I was like, well, what if she doesn't text me back? You know? Mm. I, and I, I still felt like I hope she reaches back out to me. Mm-hmm. Now I literally don't care. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then, yeah, I'm not going to think about it again. It's, it has been expelled from my mind and I'm going to talk to the other five. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that, that's exactly right, dude. And that's, that's frame control, which is okay. You flaked on me, whatever. I'm going to do something else. And just like you said, open spot in the carousel. Let's go ahead and move another chick up from the, the minor leagues into the majors. And that's, that's about all things guys is that abundance mindset. When you have enough, then you're going to be given more. And it even says that in the Bible to those who have more will be given. Well, the Bible has a lot of wisdom in it. And what that means is when you have an abundance mindset, you get more. So even if you don't have an abundance of women, you have to act like you do when meeting, if only just one chick, you have to act like, oh yeah, you know, no big deal, whatever. She flakes. Okay, whatever. And, and when you say, okay, most of the time they'll come crawling back. So when it comes to, to frame control, Jeremy, you know, one of the things that we teach in, in the training program is to systematically expose yourself to more social pressure. And what I loved about you is that you would do some shit that was just gnarly. And, and that's why you're able to speed to the kind of success that you got. So one of the things I teach, as you remember, is if you want to exponentially improve your results with women, get used to enduring social pressure. Social pressure is an embarrassing situation, a thing that you shouldn't be doing. For example, me and this other client, Kale, we like to lay down in Target or sing Christmas carols really loudly or talk on our phone really loud, just be obnoxious in Target. And a lot of people look at us and they scratch their head, what the hell is this guy's doing? Well, that's social pressure. So I remember you... <laughs> Didn't you go up to some chicks in the gym and just say something absolutely ridiculous, knowing you were going to get rejected with the intention that when you got rejected, you would feel that social pressure. And therefore, when you feel it, it's just like working a muscle. You get better at enduring it and that muscle builds. So what was it again that you did? Yeah, so it wasn't the gym. It was in bars in St. Augustine. I was up there on a weekend trip to go play golf and run around town. And so I just went out to bars at night and I would walk up to groups of hot girls and just approach the hottest one and say, hey, I want to tell you something. And they'd look at me weird and say, what's that? And I'd say, I tied my shoes today all (laughs) by myself. No one helped me at all. Just me. Yeah. And they'd look at me like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I got the craziest looks. A couple really just busted out laughing. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, so I, I chatted up a couple cute girls over it. But most of them were just like, okay, is this dude on some kind of drugs or something? Yeah. But yeah, straight face. The objective was not to smile or laugh or anything either, just to kind of give them a little bit of a smirk. But straight up say it and watch them freak out and not move. It's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome, man. And what would a guy with a weak frame do? He would laugh after to disclaim what he said, to to ease the blow of what he just said, right? So if you can keep a completely straight face, and and I used to say that too, and I remember I challenged you to do that because that's exactly what I did. Hey, I uh, got my my shoes tied today. 
Or what I'll do mm-hmm. oftentimes, I'll still do this, is I'll go up to girls and I won't say anything. I'll just point at their shoes and I'll nod my head no. I'll just point at their shoes and nod my head no. And, and a lot of times they'll sit there qualifying themselves to me. So what you guys listening need to realize is that really it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you say. It's how you say it, which is why when Jeremy went up and said with a straight face, a completely calm inner bearing, good body language, confidence, hey, I tied my shoes today, really excited. I got them tied. And they start cracking up. When they laugh, that's a reactive reaction to your frame, meaning that they just bought into your frame. Now, if they reject you, it's still a win-win because when they reject you, you get to feel that social pressure. When you feel the social pressure, and we all know what it feels like, it's that disgusting feeling in our chest, maybe our cheeks blush because we're embarrassed. When we feel that, we're actually moving up in our strength of frame because social pressure builds frame. So if you just sit with it, just like you sit with a muscle that's under tension when you're doing like bicep curls, then that muscle builds. And Jeremy's built exponentially because you were consistently doing this every week. And once again, working 70 hours a week, but still finding three to five hours a week to put himself out there. And and that's what you guys have to ask yourself. Am I willing to invest three to five hours a week so that at the end of three months, I can be a girl magnet the way Jeremy is? And let's not forget, when Jeremy first came in, he was getting less than, less than ideal results, let's say. He was dating uh, sea donkeys, ham planet fatties, and mountain trolls. Just kidding, Jeremy, but girls who weren't up to his Kind of. <laughs> girls, who, <laughs> girls, girls who weren't up to his speed. And afterwards, now he's, like we said, he's dating five girls at once. And they're hot too, right? Aren't, aren't they, Jeremy? They're, they're up to snuff? Yeah, yeah. No, uh, no sea donkeys in the stable. <laughs> you let them all out to pasture. So, so tell me, That's how it. did you how did you improve your results on the online dating platforms? You were dating mountain trolls before, and then what? You get into the program, certain your looks don't change, your pictures don't change. So, what was it that was the differentiating factor to get you those results? One of the things was on all the profiles, I intuitively thought before that if I had really good descriptions, I could kind of sell myself to women intellectually Mm. just by explaining all my great qualities and crap on there that's Mm. nonsense so i got rid of all that stuff uh switched up the pictures slightly to get a few more things that were demonstrating some value without words and really beyond that it's just being able to have an engaging fun conversation via text versus the weird whatever i was doing before because i don't even remember what i was doing before yeah. But it was weird. I'm sure it was weird. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, it was like uh, the old, how are you? How's the weather? Where are you from? Oh, great. What do you like to do on the weekends? Like the, the fucking interview process that so many people do. And what mm-hmm. did you change? You did the whole description, which, which was selling yourself. And we never want to sell ourselves to women because that's qualifying. You, you guys never want to qualify, which is explain yourself to a woman. So what we do on the online dating profiles instead is we say some funny shit that's going to make them laugh. So what did you say you did for a living, Jeremy? So on the profile, I, I removed it entirely. Like it, there's nothing on my profile. They're, they're right. ghosts right now. But when they asked me, uh, I was using 
an ocean inspector for bowerbird habitats for a while, but women believe that. Like yeah. they think I'm serious. Yeah. And and even when I explain the stupid explanation after that, they still don't get that I'm kidding. Yeah. And so I'm eight, nine texts later and I have to come back and be like, Hey, I'm just kidding. Such a thing doesn't exist. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've stole the penguins thing a few times. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've used ice cream man in reverse. Like, so I said, I'm an ice cream man, mm. but at, it's, um, it's a modern ice cream truck. It's got 650 horsepower. I can make it all the way from <laughs> Tallahassee to North Carolina in just under three hours. So I can sell a lot of ice cream in one day. Love it, dude. Love it. And by so the way, dumb. no, dude, it's fucking perfect. So the guys who have yeah. never heard heard the penguin one, um, I say that I work at the zoo and I pick pick up penguins that fall over because penguins can't pick up themselves. I actually got that from a client. I forget his name. Forgive me if you're listening, brother, but this was several years ago. He gave that to me. And yeah, if you if you say you do something silly for a living that could be believable, that's not ideal. So I always make it like pretty obvious. It's a joke. Like I tell girls I milk almonds for almond milk. I'm at the almond farm, like milking them. And I, I pretend like I'm milking a cow with my fingers. I'm like, yeah, I milk almonds at the, at the almond farm. And then they laugh. So one of the things you can do on your online dating profiles is be silly in that respect. And I happen to have a very strange uh, sense of humor, which really works good with attracting women to which I help my clients write their profiles and stuff. But also as Jeremy did, you have absolutely nothing in your profile and nothing written, just pictures. And that's one of the things that work for me as well in Tinder. You have to experiment. So I want to get back a little bit to frame control. Um, what is your favorite frame control reversal? Okay, so a frame control reversal, guys, to give you a little premise, is when a girl says a bitchy thing to you, and we've all had this happen, or a girl tries to make you jump through her hoops by qualifying yourself to her. She'll ask you a why question. Why are you this way? Why are you wearing that? Why are you here? Why are you talking to us? Those kinds of things. So Jeremy, which is like your tried and true frame control reversal that you always fall back on? So I just changed the method that I've been using this week, actually, but I love it. Um, when when a, a hard frame check comes, like, like she just came out straight up bitch mode at me. Mm. I just look at her for a second like it's the dumbest thing she'd ever said. I roll my eyes a little bit and completely change the subject. Like she's not talking. Like I just, like, eh. no, mm-hmm. I, I refuse to dignify that with a response, but yep. I don't explain that. I just don't dignify it with a response. Yep. Yep. Um, and it confuses them. Like it's, I think nine times out of 10, that's screensaver mode. Like they can't process that. I just did not care what they said to me. Yeah. yeah. And, and dude, that's, that's my a- new favorite. Yeah. That's ignoring. So that's actually yep. um, one of the five that I teach, which is ignoring is to just like look at them like like not like they're stupid so much but you have no idea what they just said like if she says to you why are you wearing that shirt that's the ugliest thing i've ever seen and like you look at her like literally confused and then you give her a look like she just told you she's in school to become a ventriloquist that's the most ridiculous thing you've ever said i am so confused by that that is utmost stupidity so i'm not going to even justify it with the response I'm just going to blow past it. Yeah. And that's exactly what you did. It's like, dude, are, are you serious? Like, I'm so not used to being challenged that I don't even understand what you're doing. And, and in frame control, that's called ignoring because you guys are so alpha. You're so used to being in the leadership position. 
you're not used to being challenged on the stuff that you wear. You're not used to being challenged on your belief systems. So it like goes right over your head and then you just change the subject. What is that? That's leading and having a strong frame is leading the conversation. And that's what Jeremy does. So brother, you know, I did teach that in the course, but it sounds like you kind of subconsciously came up with that yourself, which is awesome because that shows me that you're really ingesting the material. And from ingesting it, it's kind of like planting seeds, different sprouts come up and then that's when your own game materializes. Yeah, man. I think like, I remember it now that you say that doing it during the course, but I was using some of the other methods, like the real question is that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was using those pretty handily and tried and true for the past, I don't know, a couple months I've been using them. Mm-hmm. And then this last week, the ignoring method just feels more organic to me. So that's just, I just kind of naturally gravitated that way. Yeah, dude. So, so I remember um, you were getting your leg tattooed and he gets his whole calf black, like his whole lower leg is black, man. That's gnarly, <laughs> dude. That's gotta be so painful. So if a girl says to you, why, why is, why is your leg tattooed black? What would you say? So now I would do the ignoring method. I would just look at her weird mm-hmm. and then change the subject entirely. Uh, mm-hmm. But before I was saying, uh, the funniest thing that I was saying about that was uh, the real question is, is why isn't your t- leg tattooed black? Mm-hmm. Because then we could go out matching dresses, matching black leg tattoos and go skip it through town and confuse everybody else. It would be amazing. Why aren't we doing that already? Yeah. 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 Perfect, yeah. dude. That was a combination of two. So that's a reframe. The real question is, and you guys, the real question is, is my all time favorite frame control reversal. Tattoo that on your forehead, dude. It's so powerful. But what you did is you did a frame reversal. The real question is, and then you didn't agree and amplify, which is amplifying Mm -hmm. the situation. The real question is, why don't you have a black tattoo? And then you make some silly, some silly thing about it. The worst thing you can do guys is explain yourself to her. Well, the reason I have it uh, black down there is because blah, 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 blah. And you explain it. Never do that. Never Explain yourself to a woman like you're trying to win her favor if she asks you a question where she's trying to get you to do that. And remember, Jeremy, I told you um, to tell girls you're black from the waist down. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Good stuff, brother. So one thing too I want to talk about is um, while we were doing the coaching session and we would all meet every Monday on the Zoom call, we'd have our group coaching session. You would tell us about, you know, how the techniques would all come together, how they would be seamlessly interwoven with one another. And this happened at about week eight. So can you explain a little bit? So obviously I dump a lot of information into your head. Fortunately, it's spread over three months so that you can ingest it and use it. But I want you to tell the listeners about the experience of kind of understanding the material, the cold reading, the mentoring, the storytelling, the push-pull, all the techniques I teach and how that first moment when it just kind of all came together for you and it went from conscious application to unconscious flow. And then it was just part of your game. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, it's, I would compare it very much to any kind of sport or any kind of thing with muscle memory that you could possibly do. So it's like swinging a baseball bat. Uh, at first it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And most people who play baseball probably started at a young enough age. They don't remember what it was like not to be able to do it, Mm. but it's not a natural movement for the human body to make. 
right? Mm -hmm. Neither is swinging a golf club or dribbling a basketball or whatever. It's something that we learn. So at first we learn the technique, we fumble through the technique, we do it kind of ugly, kind of off. You know, it's not, it's not seamless. It's not, uh, it's not anything to write home about, but then with enough reps, it just sort of clicks and it becomes a more natural thing to do. So a lot of times now, things like push pull, things like uh, I use a ton of cold reading. God, I, I use so much cold reading. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's just those techniques. Now they're in my head. So I don't have to think about, okay, I'm going to cold read this situation. I think of something funny to do that involves cold reading. And I'm like, that's going to entertain me and it's going to entertain her too. So then I just deploy it and it gets a good reaction 99 times out of a hundred. Yeah. And, and then also, you know, you were, I remember this one call particularly, you're like, dude, it's just one thing after the other was coming out. I did a story and then I did a cold Mm -hmm. read and then I did a, a breaking rapport by commonalities. Then I did some sexual tension. Then I qualified her and you just like, look like so stoked. Like you had big eyes, like saucer eyes, like, dude, it just all came together. <laughs> and, and that's what happens a lot of the times, you know, like Jeremy said, when you do the reps, which is certainly part of the coaching is I get you out there and I have you doing reps with girls eventually, especially once you've used something a couple of times, it kind of gets put into your toolbox and it's always there available for you. So if you can cold read a girl live in person, dude, you'll never forget cold reading again. Now that's in your toolbox. You do a push pull on a girl. Now that's in your toolbox. You tell a story, that story's in your toolbox. So I think for you, you were actually doing the homework. You were showing up to the calls. And, and again, guys, you know, this isn't give Mark Singh your money and then you wake up the next morning with a girl on your dick. You have to put in the work. Now, how much work is it? Well, look, we have a dude right here that was working 70 hours a week and he still found time to do this. But Jeremy, what I loved is you always showed up, you always did the work, and then it went into unconscious flow. And now look at your results, bro. You're dating five girls. They're way harder than they were before. I'm not going to spread your personal business all over the all over the internet here, but you've had lots of really good experiences. So um, yeah. Anything else you want to say about it? Any, any final thoughts? Yeah, I'm uh, where I'm at now and I'm, I'm super stoked that I went through the program. And so my next steps, I'm going to redo the whole program on my own. Mm. Uh, but I'm going to take two weeks for every week. So it'll be a six month run mm. on it and just study harder. Cause I think like you said in the, final video that I got, we remember about 30%. So I figure if I can get another 60 out of it, then I'm at 90% understanding. And so I've pretty much got it at that point. So uh, I'm I'm starting next week. I took one week of a break. I'm still getting my approaches in. But other than that, I took a break from the learning curriculum just for this week. And then I'm starting next week doing it half speed, studying just as hard. Yep. God, dude, I I admire you, brother. I I really have a lot of love for you. And it's that kind of commitment that gets the results. It's, It's true, man. You know, like when I like a book, I immediately read it again. I get to the end and I start from the very beginning. And oftentimes mm-hmm. I listen to audiobooks and I just have them on repeat. I've listened to Secrets of the Millionaire Mind four times in a row now. And now I almost have it memorized. So that's exactly what you have to do. And also, brother, you know, our Facebook group, when, when you guys do join the three-month coaching program, we have a Facebook group called The Brotherhood. 
freaking champions in that Facebook group. And we're all very active in there where you can like send screenshots of your texts and stuff like that. And then the brothers as well as myself help you text girls. So Jeremy, you, you got lifetime membership to that. You know, as you're texting girls, as you, as you have questions pop back in, you're always welcome. And honestly, man, I consider you a lifelong friend. Anytime you need anything, dude, hit me up. You know, I'm here for you. I'm super proud of you. I admire you. And I can't wait, bro, to see, you know, what's going to happen after this next six month run. I mean, you're going to ingest so much of it. And like I said, at the end of the three month coaching program, you're going to open up your own podcast and own coaching program because you're just killing it so much, man. So congratulations, brother. Seriously. Yeah, man. Thank you so much, Mark. Uh, I've I knew I was going to get a lot out of it because I knew what I was going to put into it, but I I had no way to anticipate or expect what I was going to get out of it. But for anybody who's considering going through the program, if you're anything like me, man, it's life changing. It's uh, because I have a different perspective and my growth mindset that's come out of this thing. Uh, I already had a growth mindset, but it's amplified and, I'm more driven and more excited about growing in this particular aspect of my life than I've been in a really long time, man. So if you're on the fence, do it. It's worth it. Appreciate that, brother. Really appreciate you coming on today. If you guys have any questions about what my coaching entails, you can check me out at marksingcoaching.com. Once again, that's marksingcoaching.com, or you can go ahead and click the link in the description below. And you know, if you have specific questions about your particular situation, and if you want to pull the trigger on more than just one coaching session, typically how I do it is we'll do a coaching session together. I'll show you the magic of NLP. I will remove a belief system from your head and replace it with a different one. Hey, for some guys, that's enough. But for a lot of guys, especially if we jive, I invite them to the three-month coaching program because they have more than just a couple issues. They want a total solution. And that was Jeremy's case. Him and I hit it off great, invited him in. I also have a bunch of other clients that are in it and all those guys make friends. And, you know, even if you don't feel like, well, I'm not cool enough to be in the coaching program because Jeremy is so cool and the guy interviewed before Nick was so cool. Brother, we have all kinds of different dudes in the coaching program. What's important to me is your commitment. You're willing to harden the fuck up, do do what it takes, do the homework, be committed to it and not fucking quit. If you have that kind of heart, then you're the exact kind of guy I'd love to invite to the coaching program. So Jeremy, once again, thanks a lot, brother, for showing up, for uh, telling the boys your experience. And I wish you nothing but the best, man. God knows we're going to stay in touch and I can't wait to hear about your progress moving forward. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it.